0: Well, this is traditionally Associate Pastor Sunday. Our pastor Dave and his family are away down in San Diego visiting. Um, Both his family and um, Haley's family are down there, so um, Faith and I decided he should have the day off. So um, this morning it is New Year's, and so we're thinking about starting over. Maybe if you think about this past year, you might realize that there are, Maybe a couple times when you've blown it, when you've done something and then realize, oh dear, that was the wrong thing to do. Or maybe you stumbled and, and you're wondering, how do I get back on track? And maybe you've tried to build something and only got part way through. You're still wondering, How do I actually get that far? Well, Paul had founded the church in Corinth. And then he had gone on his missionary journeys in various places, and then he hears about them. And so he writes back to them in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. We'll begin with verse 1. Brothers and sisters, I could not address you as spiritual, but as worldly. Mere infants in Christ, I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not yet ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready. You are still worldly. For since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere humans? For when, for when one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apos, Apollos, are you not mere humans? After all, what is Apollos, what after all is Apollos, I'm sorry, and what is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe, as the Lord has assigned to each his task, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God made it grow. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and each will be rewarded according to his own labor, for we are God's fellow workers. And you are God's field, God's building. By the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as an expert builder. And someone else is building on it. But each one should be careful how he builds. For no one can lay any foundation other than that one that is already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood hay or straw his work will be shown for what it is because the day will bring it to light it will be revealed with fire and the fire will test the quality of each one's work if what he has built survives then the builder will receive a reward if it is burned up he will suffer loss he himself will be saved but only as one escaping through the flames this is the word of the lord thanks be to god I kind of wondered about this passage. It comes to us from our um, Advent devotional, Advent in Plain Sight, and the theme for this morning is gold. And I thought, okay, where's the gold? We will get to the gold, but in the meantime, we're going to start in the beginning of this chapter and see how it is that Paul develops his themes, because you see, he's concerned. Now, I don't know about you, but I had the privilege of raising a couple of children. And I remember that, okay, they start out with milk, that's what brand new babies do, and that's what we expect for a brand new baby, but as they grow, we introduce different solid foods. It was around six months that we could introduce certain kinds of food, and by the time they were a year old, they were eating the same thing that we were. Maybe a little more chopped up, a little more ground up, but it was still the same kind of food. I remember I got this one little thing that, you know, you could actually grind at the table. And so I could put the spaghetti in it and then grind it up and feed it to the baby the way, you know, we would be eating the spaghetti also. And so the image you hear that Paul is using is that of a parent to the Corinthians. Now, he says, brothers and sisters, and we know that they are children of God. They're what could be called born again. But. And they're on their way to heaven, but unfortunately, I think they're traveling third class. I don't know if you've ever traveled, but, you know, here in the States we have coach and we have first class. And I'm not sure this is even coach. It's more like as if you were in, you know, a, a different country and they had first class. Okay, that's great. And second class, that's okay. And then third class, you're sitting on the hard benches and you're crowded together. And there might be a couple of animals as well in the, in the, you know, um, train with you or something. And that's what's happening to the Corinthians. They are worldly. They are ones who maybe should do different, but they don't. Paul says there's jealousy and quarreling among them and says, isn't that worldly? It's a question for us. You know, are they ready for the deeper things? Apparently the, the Corinthians weren't. But are we? Are we ready for deep things? Are we... Or are we just trying to live, not maybe deeper, but just kind of living our lives? And so, the Corinthians seem to have an attraction for what I would call spiritual junk food, you know? I don't know about you, but I always try with my children, you know, they, they love junk food. I mean, what kid doesn't love junk food, you know? Candy and cookies, and aren't those the basic food groups? You know, we might add ice cream in there, but If you're a parent, you know that, okay, those are okay occasionally, but they need real, solid food. They need to have vegetables. They need to have meat. They maybe need to have some kind of starches. You know, they need to drink milk. Um, All of those kinds of things are necessary to a well-balanced diet. And here the Corinthians are basically existing on spiritual junk food. They are able to receive the basics But they're not yet able to discern what are the standards or the meaning of the cross. What does it mean to really live as a Christian? They might know the things of God, but in some significant ways, they're still characterized by the flesh. Now, it's said that every doctrine that we learn in seminary can be taught to children, maybe just in different words, but the same basic things. Karl Barth, who um, wrote in the early... 20th century wrote a number of great great works and yet when he was asked how do you explain the christian faith he said jesus loves me this i know for the bible tells me so those are the basics and whether we teach them to children in that simple song or whether we teach them at seminary it's still the same thing but that's not what the what the corinthians are doing they're behaving like mere humans But Christians have a higher calling. And so for us, the question becomes, what kind of spiritual food do we consume? What have we learned about God in the past year? As you stop and think about it, you know, 2022, it was nice to finally get out of COVID and out of the restrictions. I can remember, you know, wearing masks, not just to restaurants and, you know, um, going into different establishments, but pretty much all the same. And I see that some of you are sitting maybe a little nearer than you did when you were worried about COVID. We had to do every other pew. But it's nice that God has given us, you know, medicines and the ability to move beyond things. And that's the question with the Corinthians. Have they moved beyond? Paul's not sure. But have we moved beyond? We have in terms of a society, but have we in terms of people? And then there's this coming year. Stop and think. What would you like to learn? Would you like to learn more Bible? Would you like to be able to, you know, memorize things? Or perhaps you'd like to spend time on a daily basis reading God's word, praying. Or maybe your desire is to join with a group of other Christians that you can share your insights and your struggles and your joys and your... Concerns. So, how are we starting a new year? Are we starting over on solid food as Paul wants us to? Or are we still stuck on milk? Now, milk's okay, but it's not enough. And then Paul switches it up from food, he switches to people. And he says, Well, now, who do you follow? Do you follow Paul? Do you follow Apostle Paulus? Because the human norms look for meaning and for importance in our leadership. We tend to want people who are you know, above us, and we tend to follow those folks, which sometimes is fine, but sometimes is kind of misleading. And what we have to realize is that each of our leaders has a particular but a limited ministry. Ministries are all different. We have different ministries here at the church. We have ministries to adults. We have ministries to children. We have ministries to youth. We have ministries to men. We have ministries to women. We have ministries, all sorts of things, but they all have the same goal the goal of teaching about Jesus, of saying that He is our Lord and Savior. So when asked, who do you follow? What is your response? How would you respond? Are you more interested in following Jesus Christ? Or perhaps you're more interested in following a political party? I remember when we were touring in um, Germany and we happened to be in a train and there were a couple of men across from us. And we said, so, you know, how do you like Germany? And they loved it because they followed a particular, and I was, thought this was strange, a particular soccer um, Team. Now, we would call, they would call them football teams, but we called them soccer teams, you know, and that was what I found out in Germany. It was the soccer teams that you followed, and then after you followed the soccer team, it was whatever political party they followed. So there were all sorts. It's not like here where we have basically two parties. They had all sorts of parties in Germany. And I thought, well, that's great, but... Don't we all follow Jesus? Don't we all follow him? Or maybe you're concerned with particular denominations or maybe a particular pastor. But God's desire is to follow, have us follow Jesus. I remember when we were worshiping in New York City um, for a year, and across the front it says, We follow Christ and him crucified. It was a reminder every single congregational time you came in, whether it was a meeting or a worship service or just came in to pray, it was time to follow Christ. And him crucified basically meant he died for us and he rose again that we might be saved. And what are we doing in terms of reaching out to others that they might be saved? It was a good reminder. And Paul then moves from following people to planting. I kind of like the fact that this goes through a number of different images. It starts with food, and then it goes to people, and now it goes to plants. Now, plants are something that grow, right? And farmers take seed, and they plant it, and then they water it. And all they can do is provide the right environment for the growth. But then they have to sit back and pray perhaps just as we do, because they don't make it grow. God does. You see, there are different jobs and there are different results, but it's God who gives the increase. And as servants, we do as he commands and each one of us perhaps is assigned a task because each one of us has different talents and different gifts, and we're called to use those. I always think it's a good idea that not everybody has the same gifts I do. Because then it would be awfully boring. I am so glad that each of you has a different one. Because then I can get to know you. And your special gifts. And the special things that you think about. And the things that you do. Throughout the year. So each of us is assigned a task. But it seemed that the Corinthians were getting frustrated. Because they wanted to water. When God has called them to plant. Or maybe it was the first. Maybe they wanted to plant and and called the water. But... They're all on the same team. It seems silly now for us to think about somebody saying, well, planting is what's really important, and the waterers, they're really missing the boat. Or maybe to think, water is where it's at, and the planters just need to get their priorities straight. Well, it's important to have planters, it's important to have waterers, but it's also important to remember that God is the one who's bringing the increase. Because planters and waters are necessary. They both need each other. We can't just have plants. It's been nice, the fact that we've had water to water our plants. And I keep thinking, okay, is the drought over? I don't know if it is or not, but I keep hoping. Um, And all the plants that I had hoped are beginning to come up. And maybe some plants that I hadn't hoped are beginning to come up. I remember last year, we always have a snow day for our Preschool, and in order to make sure that the kids don't fall off the snow, they put hay along the outside. And last year, they left the hay. After all, it's just hay. About two months in, the hay began to sprout. And suddenly, instead of nice grass, we have grass and we have hay all mixed together, you know. And so this year, we tried to make sure that the hay didn't stay out there. But it was just left, it was, so to speak, planted and then the sky watered it or maybe our sprinklers did and and god gave the increase you know and so both were necessary and both are necessary in our spiritual walk but what is our goal our goal is to glorify jesus to follow C- christ to god keeps working through all of our ministries and through all of our various leaders. And it's not just because you're ordained or not. It's not just because you're on staff or not. It's because you're a child of God. It's because God has called you not to sit on your gifts, but rather to use them, to use them in the coming year and to think about how is God asking me to use my gifts? Maybe he's asking you to pray. That is probably the most important thing that we as Christians can do. Because when we pray, God's Spirit opens us up. And we hear his small, quiet voice leading us, encouraging us, helping us remember, oh, I really should call that brother or sister. I really should call that parent. I really should call that child. I hear my friend is in need of something, so I'm going to call him or her. Whatever it is that God is leading you, often we find out through our times of quiet prayer. That is how God often leads us. And then he rewards each according to his own labor. As you read in verse 8 that the one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and each will be rewarded according to their own labor. We are God's fellow workers Did you ever stop and think about that? You are God's fellow workers. Now, God could have done it without any of our help. After all, God made the earth. God made the stars and the sun and the moon and all that is around us. But then he gave it to us, to us humans, to care for. It's what we call stewardship. We're called to be stewards of that, of that creation. We're called to be stewards of everything that he gives us. And whether that is our homes, our clothes, our relationships, our treasure, our talents, however that is, God calls us to use them for his glory. And he gives us an opportunity to work with him. But we can't work alone. We need to work with him. And he wants our participation in it, for we are God's field, God's building. And then Paul switches to his fourth um, example. He talks about buildings. And it's interesting that here he talks, by the grace of God. Have you ever thought about that? By the grace of God, I was able to wake up this morning. By the grace of God, I am still alive and kicking. I am able to do his work, whatever it is he calls me to do. And I think about others who might not be as physically active as I am, or others who are more physically active than I wish I was. And God calls each one of us to do what we can, whether that is simply sitting and praying, and whether that is out hoeing in the garden, whether that is visiting a friend, but whatever it is God is calling us to in this new year, that is what we should think about because God's grace is extended to each of us. Now, Paul had had founded the church at Corinth, and it says, I laid a foundation as an expert builder. He knew what the foundation should be. He knew that the foundation was Jesus Christ, and that was the foundation he laid. But Paul also knew that he wasn't there for the rest of his lifetime. He was called to go to different places and to spread the gospel. And so he knows that someone else is building on the foundation that he laid, and that each one who builds needs to be careful of how he builds, Because you need to be sure you're on the foundation. Have you ever seen a building after an earthquake? I had the unfortunate experience of that, of watching um, some of the buildings in San Francisco back in the 90s when they fell off. And suddenly, instead of having a building on the nice square foundation, the building is over here, and you're sort of wondering, okay, what's under the foundation there? There's nothing there. And that's what Paul's saying is we need to be careful. We need to stay on the foundation that he has laid, which is Jesus Christ. And then he goes on. He finally gets to gold. And he says, if anyone builds on the foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, those are great things. And he got that image from the image in the Old Testament that we have of the temple. Because that was what was in the temple. Now, by costly stones, he doesn't mean jewels or, you know, diamonds, anything like that. Rather, he's talking about stones that take a certain amount of work to get there. It's not like, I don't know if you've ever been in in England, but you can go through and you can see what they call the hedgerows, and they're all piled up of just stones. You know, it's stones that the farmers take from the field, and it means that now they don't have to plow, you know, around the stones, but rather they can just plow the dirt. And so on the edge are all of these stone walls, and they're all nice and, you know, kind of stacked, but they're, they're, you know, not exact. It's not like a brick wall. They're just stones stacked up. Well that wasn't what was done with the temple and that's not what Paul's talking about here. He's talking about stones that are what do we call dressed. That is, they've been squared off. They've perhaps been quarried. They've been carted to wherever it is that the building is supposed to be. And those are the precious stones, the costly stones, because they take effort to get there. So most likely, it was marble or granite that were the stones. And those were the ones... For the permanent foundation that he's talking about. The ones that were able to be there. But then he says that you could also build with wood or hay or straw. Now, those might be okay. But, you know, I know that our forefathers might have mixed clay and um, hay together to build what's called adobe. And adobe is great until it rains. Because... Even if you do today, I mean, I remember I I like to watch home improvement shows, and I remember watching this improvement show where they were building this hay and mud house. And I thought, oh, that's just like, you know, our forefathers used to do. But they didn't stop. They coated it with what's called a lime cement coating. And they would mix it up the way we might mix mortar, and then they would smear it over it. To protect it because the mud and the hay were not sufficient they would melt they would deteriorate and whether it was rain or you know somebody splashing on it or whatever it begins to deteriorate you know and you need to be careful and he's saying well whether you build with gold silver costly stones or you build with wood or hay or straw each one the work will be shown for what it is because the day will bring it to light now here he's talking about the final day but he's saying it will be revealed in fire and the fire will test the quality of each one's work can you imagine fire sweeping through we had the woolsey fire here a few years ago and i remember watching the hills burn with the hay or the straw that was on them the weeds Even the oak trees would burn. And I was a little concerned because my backyard had this wonderful pergola built of wood. And it had been built 50 years ago. And it had been coated back then with creosote. Do you know what creosote is? It's oil. It's tar. It burns like a great torch. And I was a little concerned. Now, fortunately, it didn't come near our house. We could see it, but, and we were evacuated, but it didn't come near. As soon as we got back, I called up a vinyl company, and they came out, and they tore down the pergola, and they built a vinyl one because that is something... Now, Paul didn't know about vinyl, but I imagine that it would be one of those really strong things because it is a very strong kind of pergola that provides shade. But the fire would be there to test whatever work was done. So the work would reveal the quality of each one's work. And he says, if what you built survives, you'll receive your reward. But if it's burned up, you suffer a loss. Now, he makes it clear that it's not you who's gonna be burned, just the work. And he says, you're still gonna be saved. But um, only is one escaping through the flames. Because you see, he knows that what is the quality that's being built. And he's warning the Corinthians about that quality. He's warning them that if you only have milk, if you only follow a human leader, if you only plant those things that grow but don't really grow, to be lasting then you might lose it all not your salvation but you'll lose the work and so what are we going to be building in our coming year I labeled this particular sermon starting over because we have a chance we have the opportunity just like the Corinthians when they received this letter had the opportunity to hear it and to do differently. So we also have the opportunity. Perhaps there are things that we wanna do the same. We still wanna love our families. We still wanna care for those things that are given to us. But perhaps we should start over on some other things. Perhaps there are things that we've blown. Perhaps there are things that we've done wrong and we kind of know it and we really shouldn't have done that. Or perhaps we stumbled and and lost our way, and we need to find it again. And I have good news for us. Regardless of how much we might have not quite made it in 2022, we're starting over. Today begins a brand new year, a brand new time in our lives when we can once again make a renewed commitment to follow Jesus to pray, and then to follow what kind of responses we have. So just as the Magi brought gold to the young child, so we're called to bring gold to what we are building. And we're building on that foundation of Jesus Christ. And we're called to build God's kingdom as he leads us with gold and silver and costly stones in the coming year, 2023. Will you pray with me? God, we give you thanks that regardless of how much we might have stumbled or blown it in the past year, you give us something new and something fresh. And we pray, God, that you will help us in this coming year to follow you, to build with the stones that last, to build on your foundation of Jesus Christ. And we pray all these things in his name. Amen.